Ah, there we go. Well, should I go or do you want to go? Obscuriami being this show, the show where we talk about obscure uh, things. Did I tell you about the um, catchphrase or what do you call it? Not a catchphrase. What's, what's another word for a catchphrase? Tagline. Tagline. Yeah, it's slogan. A slogan. Slogan. Did I tell you the, about the slogan that Hannah came up with for this show? No. She came up. Please regale me. I didn't even to. She came up with the slogan "pointlessly educational," which I think pretty well sums up every a lot of what we're about here at Obscuragami Networks LLC. I feel like that uh, pretty much sums up my entire education. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're obscure topics. We're educating them on you, but you're not really gonna gonna gain anything from. Being educated about these, likely. Well, welcome to Obs Obscuragami, a pointlessly educational audio journal of obscure things. I'm uh, I'm Ben and I'm Thomas, and uh, today I want to introduce us into the world of white collar crime. I picked this topic before I had really started reading. Uh, a book called The Godfather. You may have heard of it. They made an obscure film. Yes. Based on the novel. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll do an episode about that one day because one day it one really day. is. But uh, those, underrated those two gem. things in conjunction really got me thinking about crime and the nature of good and evil and what constitutes that. So uh, this this particular criminal was not involved with the mafia or the organized crime in any way, to my knowledge. His name is John Rufo, and uh, John Rufo was an American business executive executive, who ran away with about $300 million as part of a, a scheme that I will now tell you about. So he had some legitimate business holdings, uh, and he became involved with a, another businessman uh, who had been an executive at Philip Morris. How, how recent is this? This, uh, this took place. The crime itself was prosecuted in 1996, and that is when Rufo disappeared. So he has been missing since 1996. Um, the two of them came up with a scheme to basically convince uh, banks that Philip Morris was developing a product that didn't exist. It was kind of a cigarette that generated less smoke. Interesting. So they, yeah. they created documents to the effect of saying that Philip Morris was creating this product and that they were the agency through which Philip Morris was channeling the funds. But in reality, Philip Morris was not creating doing this. Right. And it was over 15 institutions that were providing money to this cause. Yeah. And uh, it amounted to about $350 million. Of course, they were caught. But the, the interesting thing to me... Is that uh, is that after the trial and he was convicted, he uh, he was last seen withdrawing some money from an ATM near an airport near John F. Kennedy Airport, and his car was found there, and they have surveillance footage of him withdrawing the money, but since then that was in 1998, he has not been seen. He's not been seen. Wow. And his car was abandoned at an airport, so yeah. people think. Well, maybe he uh, he managed to he took off, get away. 
he made it to the to pan to Maybe Panama, he made it through Bolivia, the, through the gate, and he's living the high life. In how much money did he? Did you say how much so money he was uh, through? That is a very good question. So, of the three hundred and fifty million dollars or so, there's about forty to fifty million that's unaccounted for. He could have that money with him, right? Yeah, or he might have some smaller chunk, right? No one really knows. And yeah. this has been since 1998, so yeah. he's had about 20 years, and he's successfully evaded law enforcement. Yeah. Wow. Everywhere. Interesting. So it's possible he's dead. He's, right. It's been long enough yeah. that that's a possibility. But he's been on the U.S. Marshal's most wanted uh, list for all that time. So he's a high-priority criminal yeah. that has not been caught. Wow. An unusual thing. I wonder I wonder how that stacks up 30 or 40 million, presuming he has it. I wonder how that stacks up against other large-scale financial crimes that people have gotten away with, or at least, you know, people mm-hmm. who remain at large or uncaught. Um, yeah, this is definitely a pretty major one. This is probably, based I'm, on I'm my assuming, research, must yeah. be one of the larger this ones. Is, this is definitely in, in the top tier of, like, white-collar crimes. Right. Ex- ex- people got away with right. allegedly besides i mean assumedly there's probably some level of white collar crime where some business executive financial person has been skimming money off of some account somewhere for like his 40 years and uh, mm-hmm. and maybe he's skimmed millions of dollars over the course of his life and has never been caught but mm-hmm. in terms of people like who took a chunk and just tried to like skedaddle that's right. probably one of the larger. <laughs> Even so, you would have to be like, it, it's hard to hide forty million dollars. Right. I would I'm inclined imagine. to think that he doesn't have it. Right. That yeah. the money was either spent as part of his getaway plan. Yeah. Or you, dispersed in some other way. You think if you knew you were gonna be pulling a stunt like that, you'd have some plans or backup plans. Right. And he was caught around 1996, and then disappeared around 1998. Right. So during that time, he was on trial, and he actually was sentenced to prison and didn't show up for <laughs> prison, <laughs> which is, is another thing, like the difference between white-collar white crime, crime versus yeah, yeah. blue-collar crime. Yeah. You know they would never be able to get away with that Yeah. in a, in a more, I don't know, smaller-scale crime or domestic crime. or yeah. What was it? Do you remember in that um, Robert Durst? Robert Durst. He, I think he pulled that, but that, and then that was a case of like not white collar crime, right. but someone who was in the white collar world. He was a very high right. profile figure, so he was able to kind of, yeah, like do. And this. I, I guess if you can afford bail, right, then. You have that opportunity, right. theoretically. Yeah. And his, his bail was set at an unusually high figure. This is uh, Rufo that I switched back to talking right. about. Um, his bail was set unusually high, and several of his relatives mortgaged their homes to like get him out on bail. So I wonder uh, if it was indeed a profitable venture. Yeah, yeah. Because it was so expensive to... I guess he has the satisfaction of knowing that he got away with it, but right. he's definitely... I, well, I can't say for sure, but it seems like he's not living the high life somewhere. 
Yeah. He's probably... Oh, excuse me. He's probably at most surviving. And then on top of that, you have the anxiety of being... Hunted. Hunted. Mm-hmm. Or at just at least knowing that you have to stay concealed for the rest of your life. Yeah. It would be uh, not an ideal existence. Yeah. But it's interesting. A lot of the other people on the list are wanted for violent crimes. Right. Yeah. Um, he's one of the few executive white-collar criminals that's on the list. Yeah. And I guess there's there's a stock that they rotate, and as they get pushed towards the higher part of the list, they get more attention from investigators, their higher priority, because they want to keep the list. They don't want the list to remain static. Obviously, right. they want it to be updated frequently yeah. because they're catching people. Right. Because it's a public announcement Public thing. list. But... Yeah. Another interesting thing is that their website is not very modern. <laughs> the, uh, the U.S. Marshals. The U.S. Marshal, most one. Yeah, it was a very basic HTML kind of website. Each of the agencies kind of, like, does the F, is there an FBI most yeah, wanted? Yeah, the FBI That's has a separate, the most wanted list, too. I wonder what, what gets you onto one list versus the other list. Like, what do you have to do to get onto the Marshall list, but not the yeah. FBI list, I wonder? That is a very good question. Who decides? That I do not have the answer to. Well, the Marshalls probably decide, but... Yeah. And, I mean, clearly the FBI were involved in his case because they froze a lot of his uh, assets when he attempted to flee. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure why he's on one list and not on the other. I'm amazed when we learn about whether it's a Gregor McGregor or a John Ruf, Ruf, Rufo, Rufo, um, Rufo, uh, how these confidence men, how sort of simplistic their schemes tend to be. Mm-hmm. Like you think you would conceal these things within layers of like obscurity or I guess mm-hmm. maybe the ones who get away with it do. And that's yeah. why they get away with it. But a lot of this stuff seems to come down to, well, they just lied to somebody mm-hmm. and that person just trusted them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like fake, in, or I mean, was, was there more? Well, there was definitely documentation. Right. There was documentation that they faked. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't like he had been, he just appeared and was doing business with these he companies. had been doing he business. had been doing business right. legitimately yeah. or we presume legitimately right. for a while yeah um so he had a bit of a base to build off of before what makes you do that <laughs> what makes you abandon your base a bit like if you was he about to head into a tailspin like did he think he his had he been wheeling and dealing for a while and think that things were going to catch up with him? Like, why, if you're a successful businessman, would you, I don't know, the psychology of crime is, is strange a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you just realize one day that, like, you could just fake some documents mm-hmm. and get $350 million and then, like, the draw is too uh, insatiable? Mm-hmm. It's, I think a lot of times crime fits into our, well, blue-collar crime, it's kind of easy to slot into a certain category because we can attribute it to certain sort of, like, 
almost as a symptom of certain kind of certain kinds of social social need or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody robs a bank, they probably acted you know, out of some sort of desperation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or at least that's the narrative that we seem to like want to believe, believe whether or not yeah. that's true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't studied bank robberies. I'm sure it varies. But with white collar crime, you often have this individual who's already a, at least a little bit successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it's a little bit more difficult to kind of easily understand what motivated them. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. Like if, if it's a like Frank Abingdale kind of mentality where it's like he's, right. he wants to play the system. Yeah. And see, you know, how much he can get away with. Right. But even for him, or I mean... For someone like him, it almost makes sense because he's starting at the bottom. He doesn't right. have that much That's to true. lose, That's and true. he's working his way up the ladder, so to speak. Right, right. But, but for somebody already at the top, mm-hmm. you know, you start to wonder. Well, you know, were they in some kind of desperation, and we just didn't know it, and they felt mm-hmm. like this was the only thing, the only opportunity they had? Did they just get cocky and think that they were? very successful and smart and could probably just pull it off Mm -hmm. and why not gain 350 (laughs) million dollars or you know are they just sad individuals who are unfulfilled by their money their current money and success and pulling a stunt like that is just some kind of it's not about the money it's just some kind of game yeah or you know or maybe it's it's some kind of way to show that they're better than the system right maybe it's a challenge yeah that you know only they can because he was he was trying to cover it up by making interest payments on the loans and so it it doesn't seem likely that anybody would have caught it like it took years for people to caught it to catch it right so it wasn't an exceedingly obvious crime and if it hadn't been for some executive in a bank in japan somewhere Maybe nobody would have caught it for much longer. Yeah. So clearly, clearly, he wasn't an idiot. But yeah, it's just an interesting story, and it's uh, it's mostly interesting because of what's not there, like all the blank pieces that we don't have because right. he yeah. was never caught. We he was never really caught. Know. Yeah. And I wasn't really able to find any interviews with his uh, business partner to find out what motivated them. Yeah. To attempt it. Hmm. John Rufo. There will be a uh, picture of him in the show notes. Yeah. If you 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 know uh, anything about the whereabouts uh, of John Rufo, you can call the U.S. Marshal uh, Service. U.S. Marshal is very weird to me. Maybe that, I feel like that would almost be a topic for an episode. I just like. Obscure law enforcement agencies. I always forget that they exist and then every time i'm reminded i'm like oh yeah what i always remember do they i always remember them whenever i think about law enforcement on planes because i feel like that's one of the jurisdictions yeah and maybe that's why he's on their list because he left on a plane presumably or from an airport this is the portion of the show where we further our pointless education by clicking the random button on Wikipedia. And sometimes we find out about really interesting things. Sometimes less interesting. Sometimes we find things that we can't understand. 
And most of the time we just find things in foreign languages that we can't pronounce. Here's an interesting one. Uh, it's a bit of a stub article, so not a whole lot to talk about here. Ooh, a stub. Or I don't know if this is a stub article or just a very uh, brief topic. Uh, but what we have today is the African Zion Baptist Church. It's a historic Baptist church at 4104 Malden Drive in Malden, Kanawha County, West Virginia. Go check it out if you if you live nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one-story frame structure built atop a stone foundation. It has a gable roof topped by a wooden bell tower. Uh, this is considered the mother church of African-American Baptists in West Virginia, hmm. many of whom, whom migrated here after the American Civil War and Reconstruction. Among its noted members were Father Louis Rice, founder of the church and leader of the early African-American community in Kanawha Valley of West Virginia and Booker T. Washington. It was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1974. And it looks like a pretty standard old white uh, church building. The, uh, The color of the church is white. Right, yes. It would not be considered a white church. No, no. Since it is an African Zion. Yes, that's correct. Yes. The outside, it is painted white. Thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) That could be a... uh, The coordinates are 38 degrees, uh, 17 feet, 58 inches north, 81 degrees, 33 feet, 26 inches west. So pop that into your (laughs) GPS. You uh, can head right there. Head right there. Uh, check out the African Zion Baptist Church, September 1979. So we, we have a time travel machine, too? Yeah, yeah. To get back to <laughs> I guess that's that's when the photo was taken. So. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Presumably it's still there? I don't know. Yeah, let's let's Google map it, it and see if we can uh, oh, that's, see a current... Hey, that's a good idea. All right, we're, we're taking the address. We're Command-C, that's copy. Go to maps. If you're on a PC, Google. might try the control. Yeah, that would be control. Look at that. All right. Let's zoom down here. Uh, we're going to grab the little uh, man, drop him in the street, zoom down into street view level. Here we are. And what do you know? There it there is. It, it is. still stands, according to Google. It's a pretty... Uh, oh, look at this little house here right beside it. Is that the, uh, the bridge? I don't know. It looks maybe like it's newer than the church. The oh, it's right by the uh, fast, fast check. Fast check? Fast check. Fast okay. check. Cool, cool. It looks very well manicured and well maintained. It does look like it's well maintained. It doesn't look like it's changed much since 1979. But the uh, landscape around it is very... Looks like some sort of apartments across the street. If you live in one of those apartments, be sure to yeah, drop be us sure a line to and let us take know. Take a photo of you listening to the podcast in front of the church. Now that we've given everyone the, on the internet the coordinates to where you live. And, uh, and email it to us or tweet at us or something. Uh-huh. Um, we'll be very excited. I'm at Thomas Flight on Twitter. What are you on Twitter, Ben? Uh, I have many Twitters. Many Twitters. Of which, none of which I will disclose on the air. Okay, all right. For the purposes of my anonymity. <laughs> he likes to say, Ben Ben is anonymous on the Twitters. <laughs> well, I wish I had more to say about it, other well, than it's it's quite an average looking building for uh, oh, you can, oh, you can having look, such you an can incredible... You see inside from the street view. Oh. What's in there? Well... You it was can, raining. You when can the just kind of see taken. in and through out through oh, the yeah. other windows on the oh, side. Yeah. Well, that's quite obscure, I have to say. 
quite obscure that's a, indeed. That's a pretty obscure um, random Wikipedia article we have there. I want to... Um, we haven't really done this before, but now that the podcast is blowing up, we've probably mm-hmm. doubled our our listener base from yeah. 10 to 20. Growth definitely demands that we take some steps. Um, I don't want to coerce anyone or suggest that people take actions that they wouldn't otherwise be motivated to take on their own. But just a reminder, on iTunes... You can leave podcast reviews. Well, that's true. We've never asked people to review this podcast before. So that's a thing you can do. I don't know why you'd want to leave a review of this podcast. I wouldn't certainly want to ask anyone to (laughs) because they would certainly all be negative. Right. One one or two stars. But But you're letting people know that they have the option. Just reminding people if they do have, you know, brutal, constructive or not constructive criticisms mm-hmm. that they would like to leave in the review box. I think uh, that would be interesting to, to hear. Yeah. They, they we don't do hear that. much from our uh, detractors. No, no. Other than I'm sure I hear from you from I'm time sure to time. That's <laughs> <laughs> we are our own detractors. It's true. We don't really need... What would be the opposite of a fan base? A hate group? What do you call somebody yeah. who's like the opposite of a fan? Uh, like someone who hates something. I don't know. A hater. Message to all the haters. Leave us reviews. <laughs> that'll that'll teach them. No, I'm well, well I, done. I'm a, I'm very interested uh, to see the reception, which is usually crickets. It's always crickets. Uh, but the the latest episode I put up, what was it about? <laughs> oh, salvage one. Oh yes, I actually did get some feedback on that from one of our oh, one of did? our true fans. Oh really? Yes. Um. Because that one we had, that that was an interesting one because we just had this non sequitur like uh, rant slash rabbit trail at the end that was like ten or fifteen minutes long that I kind of left in that was quite funny when I was editing it I was what laughing. What did we talk about? Um, I'll have to go back. And I don't. Listen. I don't really remember. It was like roughly related. We were imagining scenarios in which we would, you know, cast Andy Griffith. Cast Andy Griffith in something. I don't remember what all it was, but we were just talking off topic for quite a a while. And it was kind of the first time (laughs) we had done that in the show. I left it in. It's also like a 45 minute episode, which is one of the It's really amazing that our our bar is set so low that we can still manage to get off topic in a 30 minute podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one's 45 minutes, which I think is, which I think is maybe our longest episode. So. Could have just cut it out, but I didn't. We'll you could see. have made. Well, let us know. Let us know. Leave us feedback. Do you like it if we yeah. ran off topic for a little while? Or Please not? let us know. Probably won't. We would definitely us. love the opportunity to rant off topic more because right. I think that's what we do best. Yeah, I don't know that I'm. We're gonna like do anything differently based on your feedback, but it might make <laughs> us feel not. better or worse about ourselves. And right, you know, and that's always entertaining. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You could, right. have, you could have cut out the rant and, like, released a special edition episode. Oh, right. We could keep that around for our Patreon supporters once we have a Patreon. Right. right. Interesting. That's a good. That's an interesting that's, idea. See? Strategery. Well, that's let us know if you like the rants. Then we'll start cutting them out. Then we'll know how to motivate people to give us money. Tell us how to manipulate you <laughs> into opening your wallets to us. Tell them about the email, Ben. What? Oh. Uh... Info it, at obscuragami.com. You can uh, you can email it there if you don't feel like leaving a public review. Right. If uh, if you feel embarrassed to say negative things in public. 
email it to us and then we will post a review and copy right. and paste what you said into the <laughs> <laughs> also obscuragami.com is our website right you can find other episodes of the show there subscribe in uh and iTunes, on, Stitcher. And on YouTube uh, yes, as well. Yes, we are if, on YouTube. We are in uh, Google Play. You can find us all over the place. Wherever you like to listen, mostly. Are I'm we sure on that, Spotify? Spotify is podcast. I don't, think, I don't think we're on Spotify. I feel like they're, I'm not uh, sure how to get on there. I think I looked to try to see how to... Yeah. But they might just pull their... their yeah, pod, they're, they're very curated, They might pull their podcast directory from yeah. some other source. Because I've looked on there for some of my favorite podcasts, and they have not been them. there. Yeah. So. But we're on the, the Google Play podcast. Yeah. You don't want Spotify. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, e- email me, and I'll send you the MP3s. <laughs> <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> give, us a, give us a call. We'll just say as much as we can remember about any of the episodes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on the phone <laughs> and reenact your favorite episode. Yeah. Likely For abridged. a small fee. Yeah, for a small Payable fee. Payable in Bitcoin.